podcast. I am Mike and I'm your host. And let's get into it. Hey there, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast here on the Low Def Media podcast channel. Um, just, uh, you know, having a little fun with GarageBand with the intro music, uh, trying out a couple things. Uh, so let me know in the comments below if you like that better or worse than what we did in the last episode. I still haven't kind of found the loop that I want to use for my podcast. You know, you got to have something consistent. And so I'm just kind of playing around until I find something that hits me. I kind of like that one. And I like the way I faded it in and out. So I think that's pretty good. But, uh, you know, let me know. Um, but man, I tell you, I'm going to, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to confide in you a little bit. Um, trans full transparency, getting set up for this podcast every time is a real kick in the teeth. I, I don't know how you go about getting your podcast set up, but as for me, I probably, I never have the same setup twice. Now I can use the same equipment, but there's always something tricky or something different every time. And that gets to be frustrating because like today, the frustrating part was the, the, the chords, first of all, but trying to find a place to put my notes because I'm spread out over a desk and a table. And so this is where I work during the day. And so I've got cameras, I've got keyboards, I've got microphones, and I've got just all kinds of stuff around. And it just, it is so frustrating. What I would love in a perfect world is to have a setup where I can just sit down, turn on my laptop, and be ready, be good to go. But uh, that is not today, so for now, you're just going to have to hear me just rant for a little bit. All right, so uh, hey, what are we going to talk about today? You know, every so often, what I like to do is I like to uh, just, you know, during the week, I like to jot down notes, and so um I like to talk about things that I've observed um, just as talking points, uh, because what I don't want to do is make this entire podcast about one topic, because I think that, you know, one, it's a little boring, and two, you end up drawing something out, and you know how they say, you know, um, beating a dead horse? Well, I don't want to do that, so I'm uh, going to come up with a couple, of, well, a few topics, and uh, they're just discussion points, and so things to get us thinking and talking. And so if you've got, if you'd like to weigh in, you know, hit me up, send me an email, and I would love to read your comments online. Hey, so the first one that I put down, uh, calendars and planners. And the reason why I put that down is because, you know, we live in a tech technologically advanced society, right? So right now, everything is electronic. And so you've got your iPhone, you've got an iPad, you've got your computer, you've got all these electronic things at your disposal. And so I'm, my question is, how do you manage your life events? How do you keep track of them? Do you use just your phone? Or do, are you still drawn to pen and paper? Because see, I am a conundrum. I like pen and paper. I love writing in a calendar. That's just something that I've always enjoyed doing. And so I like a planner, a physical planner and flipping through pages and writing things and jotting down notes and have everything in one place because you just, I mean, you can keep track of events in your phone, but it's hard to really effectively and efficiently keep track of notes 
Um, so I like writing things down, but then the struggle is taking that notebook or planner with you everywhere you go. You know, back in the old days, uh, 15, 20 years ago, you know, people carried planners with them everywhere. And some women can still get away with it because they have a purse, a bag that they can put in, but guys, not so much. And so we're kind of relegated to whatever electronics we can carry on our person, but I still like a physical planner and calendar. So I'm asking you, do you like that as well? Do you enjoy writing in a calendar? Do you have a calendar? Do you use a planner? Or do you just use that electronic device that's in your pocket or maybe an iPad uh, to keep track of all of the things that you've got going on? Let me know. All right, so the the next thing, um, having more than one. And this is something that plagues me quite a bit. And I don't want to sound... You know, it's that typical first world problem, um, but I don't want to sound like that. But what I will say is when you have more than one thing, it ends up being a dilemma. And you can say, you know, I mean, you can look at just about any part of your life. I mean, I, I look in my shower. I've got multiple body soaps, right? You get them for birthdays, Christmas. Uh, you maybe go to a store and you say, oh, I like the way that smells. You buy one. So you end up with three or four sitting in your shower. And now you got to decide which one you want to use on that particular day. Same thing can be said for shoes. Um, You know, when you're getting dressed, you know, what shoes am I going to wear today? What, you know, you have more than one shirt. So which shirt am I going to wear? What jeans am I going to wear? Pants. And then it's also the same thing when it comes to if you're a content creator, you have multiple cameras. So which camera am I going to use? If you have a podcast, maybe you have more than one microphone. Uh, So which microphone are you going to use for today or, you know, the podcast that you're recording? Which one are you going to use? And so all these things are decision points. And it just got me thinking, uh, if you only have one of something, you can focus on that thing. Having more than one can prevent you from discovering that thing's full potential. So I look at cameras. I'll use that as, an, as a perfect example. Because I have multiple cameras, I use multiple cameras. And I'm, I'm familiar with them, but I'm not great with them. And so because I don't narrow my focus down to just the one camera, I don't know. And I'm looking at it right here. I don't know everything there is to know about my Canon T7i. I don't know everything there is to know about my GoPro. I have... Because I have more than one camera and they all serve different functions, I have to know a little bit about all of them in order to use them, but I'm not the expert. And so sometimes if you can narrow that focus down and try to say, okay, instead of having so many of these things, I'm only going to have one and I'm going to master that, then I'll go to something else. Then maybe you can become a little bit more effective. You know, the old saying, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. So, you know, maybe there's some validity in just having one of something until you master it, like a skill. You know, they they tell you in in any kind of sport or gymnastics, you know, the building blocks, you start with this skill, and then when you mastered it, you move up. Kind of like a martial arts, you know, you get a belt. And so once you've mastered certain disciplines or, you know, aspects of your training, then you move on to something that's a little more challenging. And I think the same can be said for content creation. So again, something to gnaw on, something for you to think about. Feel free. Let me know your thoughts. All right, things that are no longer getting attention. I was I was just sitting there um, the other day, and I was thinking, you know, I, I haven't heard about some of these things recently, and you know, there was a time where they got a lot of attention, but you don't hear so much about it anymore. 
Uh, and I'm wondering, is it because the problem is solved or just because the news cycle has changed and something else is now taking its place? Uh, the first one that I put down, baby formula. I happen to have uh, a daughter-in-law who has an infant and was really impacted by that baby formula shortage. Still trying to sort it out, you know, trying to find baby formula uh, for her child and, you know, trying to find stuff that her baby will um, will like, will, you know, drink and it won't upset her stomach and all these things, you know, parenting stuff. And so you don't hear about that anymore. So is that problem solved? Did we open up that Abbott plant and now we've, you know, fixed the supply shortage? Did we um, get an influx of baby formula from other countries? You know, I even heard and again, it's kind of like gossip. I never saw it on the news, but I heard from others that there was a stockpile of baby formula at the border. And so here, you know, inside of our border, we're having a shortage, but at the border for people coming across, they have baby formula for them. I don't know if there's any truth to that. You know how this stuff happens. So if you know something about that, if you heard that as well, let us all know. Let us all share in the, the communal knowledge. Um, also, what I wrote down is water levels. Uh, for a while, you know, especially out west, you heard a lot about California, Colorado, uh, rivers drying up, lakes drying up. And so you heard a lot about that. Uh, those states deal a lot with hydropower. And so there was um, a lot of concern for electric electricity outages because they couldn't generate the electricity they needed, especially during this, um, I think it's, it's a, an epic heat wave that they've had out there. And so... Uh, you know, why don't we hear anything about that anymore? Is that solved? I know the the lakes, they're finding all kinds of stuff out there where um, Lake Mead, I think it is, that is down to dangerously low levels. And now you're starting to see things that were thrown in the lake years ago, and they're starting to, you know, become visible now. Um, so I'm, we're hearing those stories, but we're not hearing, I, at least I haven't heard really why we're having such a um, a shortfall, what the plan is to fix it, if it's still an issue. Um, if, again, if you've heard anything about that, I just thought it was odd that we haven't heard anything about that in a while. Um, also, what I've got down here is electric vehicle sustainability. Uh, there is a huge push in this country, and I talk about it quite a bit, for electronic vehicles. You know, you've got companies like Ford saying they want to be carbon neutral by 2035. And so that means they want to produce as many uh, non-gas-powered vehicles as they do gas-powered vehicles so that it balances out and they're carbon neutral. And that, that sounds great. Hey, I want to save the environment. That's a wonderful target to try and shoot for. However, I just don't think electronic vehicles are the answer because of how you have to get the lithium for the batteries. It's, it's a mineral. It's something you have to dig up mine for. And so there's not an infinite amount of it. So eventually it will go away. Now, will we come up with something else as an alternative? Probably. I don't know. But what do we do with all this stuff? How do you get rid of what we've already started using? And then what happens to the environment while you're mining for this mineral? And then the cars that are all electric, you can't just pop the hood and start doing maintenance. And so people who enjoy maintaining their vehicles are no longer able to do that because they're just so sophisticated. You look inside a Tesla, there is one screen. And if that screen goes out, you can't use your air conditioner, your radio, you can't tell your vents where to 
blow air. You can't do anything because that one screen, that ginormous iPad looking thing in the middle of the dashboard went out. And so how can I, average guy, I mean, I've changed brakes, I've done oil changes, changed air filters. How do I maintain my vehicle? I can't. I've got to take it somewhere else. And so that just adds to the cost of the car, a car that is already expensive. And so I just, I don't think EVs are the the answer, but if you've got a different opinion, I I really, I would love to hear it. Oh, and um, this I wrote down a couple weeks ago uh, because it's been a while since we've done this kind of segment and it's the, the border, all right, immigration and our what we're doing, you know, how are we solving that problem? And now you've got, you know, governors like uh, DeSantis, who's uh, busing, even flying illegal immigrants to um, sanctuary states like Martha's Martha's Vineyard. Uh, So that's a sanctuary. I don't know if it's just the city or if it's a whole state, but it's to make a point. Now, I know, when you look at that, you go, that's not the right answer. That's not how you solve this problem. And you're absolutely right. That is not how we solve this problem. However, that's how you get the attention to the problem so you can start a dialogue to fix the problem. Because what happens is there are states that want to be sanctuary states because it looks good for you know on a, a platform when you want to be voted in, when you want to be elected. Because um, the liberal side says, yeah, that's great. We want to do that. We want to accept people in. And so they, they're very um, they're very excited to see that on a platform and they vote for that person. And so you say like New York, hey, New York, we're a sanctuary state. But then when you say, all right, well, then here you take the illegal immigrants uh, that are in my state because we're not a sanctuary state. We just happen to be the closest to a border here. You you take them and you do whatever it was you were planning to do because you wanted to be a sanctuary state. So if you want to make them citizens, make them citizens. If you want to give them some kind of work visa, do that. However it is that you wanted to deal with that population, here you go. But then they turn around and say, well, we don't want them. But you said you were a sanctuary state. So how is that? How, how are you now saying you don't want them? And see, that that right there starts the discussion because now it becomes a problem that everybody can talk about, not just the border states. I would hate to live, hate's a strong word, I I would be very concerned living in Arizona, New Mexico, California, Florida, Texas, because they're on the border and the influx of illegals into those states puts a real, um, it, it puts a real crisis on the state. Because, I mean, just look at jobs, look at insurance, look at crime, I mean, any number of factors because you have people who did not go through the proper process to be there. And so, look, I understand why they want to be there. That's not the problem. That's not the point. The problem is now they're there and they did it the wrong way so they don't have resources. All right. So they're illegal, illegally in this country. And the way I always try to pitch it is if I went to another country, let's say Germany, and I'm there illegally. I can't expect Germany to do anything for me because I'm there illegally. I would expect that if they found me, they would send me out of the country. And so here you've got this influx of an illegal population and they don't have resources. They, they can't really work legally. So they work illegally and that, you know, they pay, they get paid less. And so then that, you know, does all kinds of stuff to the, the economic system. 
and insurance and then crime and just, and I'm not saying that it's all bad. There are so many illegal immigrants that are hardworking, that are really um, helping the economy and that they're really giving back and they're, they're model citizens, but that doesn't make it right. And so we have to fix the problem. And the only way to do that is to get everybody talking about the issue and come up with something that we can all agree to that helps fix the problem and not just pass the buck, kick the can down the road and make it somebody else's problem. So if you know more about this topic than I do, I would highly encourage you to send an email. Let us, the whole viewing, listening audience know so that we can have a discussion here and, and pass around ideas. And you never know, maybe we come up with something. You never know. These ideas, they, they you never know where they start. All right. So now the, oh, this is an, I'm kind of on that uh, vein. Um, where I work, um, I try to take a walk once a day. Get outside, get some fresh air, get some sun on your face. You know, when you're sitting inside a building for eight hours a day, uh, that's not good for you, especially when you're sitting at a desk. You, your body needs to get out and move, and you need fresh air, not recycled air. So, you know, I try to get out, and so I go for a walk, and there's a shopping center uh, that's right next to where I work, and there's a Publix. And I, I go down there, and I hang, you know, I go around that shopping center, and then I, I come back to work. And, it, you know, it takes about 15 minutes, a nice little break. But the other day, and a couple times since then, I, I've seen a homeless person sitting there at the Publix. It's a grocery store. Now, normally, when you see a homeless person, they're usually a little older. They've been thrown a curveball in life, and the, because of, you know, whatever, their circumstances, they are now on the street and they are homeless. But this particular person was a young 20-something male. And so what I wrote down was why a young person, what could have happened at that, that point in life that made you homeless? Usually, and I'm just throwing generalities out, usually when you're, when you're still that young, you have, you know, some connections to family, some resources that you can take advantage of. I mean, you're still able to work. And so even if the job you had, you lost you're still able to go out and be a productive member of society and be a, you know, a worker. And there are so many places to work these days because uh, after the pandemic, you know, you just had, uh, I don't know, a wave of people that decided I'm not punching a clock anymore. And I don't know what they do for a living now, but they don't go there. So there's a ton of opportunity out there. So why? And, th and that's why I wrote down. Why, this, why is this person living on the streets? Why are they homeless? And then I, I started to think a little deeper and I started thinking, getting past the stigma, because now I'm looking at it and I'm like, well, maybe he did something wrong. Maybe he's on drugs. Maybe he, you know, and I started thinking negatively about this person without ever meeting him, talking to him. And that's, that's the thing that I wrote down. You got to get past the stigma. Just because you're homeless doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with you. I mean, it, you're still a person. You're still someone with worth and value. And so I think we need to do a better job as a society of seeing these people. And I know, I know it's, we, we begin to stereotype because how many times have you seen a homeless person or heard the story of a homeless person who you give a dollar to and all they do is go out and buy, you know, liquor or they do something to sustain a habit or they're just a scammer because they already have a house and something, and this is just how they make tax-free money. And so we've heard all the stories. 
Um, but I just looked at this person and initially, I mean, it, almost instantly I went to very negative things because I'm like, well, this person, it can work. And so they're just lazy. They just don't want to work. They just want to, you know, um, uh, what is it? Take advantage of the system. That's what they want to do. They want to be a leech. And so it, we've got to get past that. We've got to be better as a society when it comes to people, um, whether they're homeless or not, just in our daily interactions with each other, we just have to be better. Um, if you've been on a freeway or interstate lately, you know what I mean? We've got to be better because uh, people are uh, literally being shot and uh, road rage is real and it is on the uptick and we just have to be better, take a breath, relax, see people as people and people of value and worth and not just an enemy. Um, let me see. Okay, what else What else do I have here? Okay, this is my last one. This is the last point. I put this down today. Um, if you're a content creator, all right, and most people who listen to podcasts create content in one form or another, in my opinion, because they appreciate the medium. And so, and if they don't, they want to, okay? Uh, there's very few people I know that listen to podcasts who wouldn't love to start one of their own. So here's my question. If you're a content creator, what do you pine for? What piece of equipment do you wish you had? Or do you find yourself constantly upgrading? Um, if you're a podcaster, do you look at a microphone? Like I've got this microphone. This is the AKGC 214. It's a $400 microphone. No, I did not pay that much. I got this. Um, at a, a store that I paid $5 for it. And it's a great microphone. That doesn't mean I don't have more than one. I love microphones and I love how different they can sound and uh, how differently you can set them up and use them. Like this is an XLR mic, which is, you know, one of those fancy ones that you have the, the three prong. I mean, it's hard to explain over a microphone, but it's a little bit more intricate to connect. You can't just connect it into your phone or into your computer. You have to have a device to connect it into like a preamp, and then that connects, uh, which is what I'm doing today. Uh, but I also have microphones that have USB connections. I have some that are straight, um, like iRig. Um, they connect directly to a phone or iPad um, because that's how they're designed to be used. And so I've got all kinds of microphones. Um, I've got multiple cameras because I love content creation and I love how different cameras can do different things and they've got different form factors. Some are easier to carry, some aren't. So those are the things that I gravitate to. So my question to you is, what do you gravitate to or do you not? Do you find yourself being totally content with the one or two things that you have and you don't need anything else? Or are you someone like me who just is like a kid in a candy store and every time they see something new, they're like, oh, eyes get really big, dollar signs come out, and I've got to talk myself off the ledge and say no. Well, hey, that's that's our 20 minutes. Um, you know, I don't like to go much over that because, you know, people have short attention spans. I'm not saying that's you, but, you know, I don't want to be that guy that's droning on for an hour and a half. So, hey, this is Mike. This is Low Def Media, and I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's show. And don't forget to become a subscriber and to provide some feedback. Really do appreciate that. Don't forget to download this podcast. Really helps out the channel. So, hey, uh, you take care. Have a great afternoon, and we will see you in the next one.